Welcome to the Life Change Podcast. Panhandle Weight Loss Center is a unique surgical practice focused on changing lives. Our approach moves away from the singular goal of weight loss and encompasses one of overall health and wellness. This podcast explores a variety of topics inside the realm of health and wellness, including nutrition, fitness, lifestyle issues, and even surgery. The goal of this program is to inspire listeners to take a critical review of your life as we guide you towards a paradigm that translates to life change. All right, guys, welcome to the podcast. We have Dr. Bo and Dr. Blue here. Hello, hello. Hello, Chelsea. (laughs) This is Bo's voice. Oh, (laughs) hi, Bo. (laughs) All right, so today um, we are going to talk about the Atomic Habits book, which for those of you who don't know, um, it's by an author named James Clear. Um, It is like a New York Times bestseller, and it's probably the book on creating lasting habits, um, and we are going to kind of talk about how that fits into life change and lifestyle. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so let's see. How about Blue? You want to give us maybe your biggest takeaway biggest from take the away. book? Um, a, just a great book. I think what part of my life, why this book, this book spoke to me was I've always been a, a, I feel like the foundation of good lifestyle and accomplishing goals, whether it be you know, trying to achieve a major in, in college or whatever is about good habits. And so um, it reinforced a lot of what I already knew, but it also gave me a lot of things to, to build upon. Okay. And so uh, I think especially for patients out there wanting to become healthier, this book really speaks to them mm-hmm. because it's all about, um, and we'll dive into the details, it's all about get in a path to who you want to be instead of just, you know, throwing things on the wall and hoping they, they stick. Does that right. make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Rather than like mindlessly kind of wandering down this path, you've, you've got these goals and you're constantly working towards them. Right. Correct. Bo, what about you? Uh, I like the, uh, the more of the science behind the creation of good habits and the creation of bad habits, how difficult it can be mm-hmm. to overcome, mm-hmm. uh, those habits. Uh, how difficult it is to 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 start a new habit. So you know, if you're if you're listening to this uh, and you haven't read the book, it's this is not an attack on your your per, your person personality. It's not an attack on you as an individual. It's not an attack on me. It's just saying, hey, look, this is how we create habits. These are they're difficult to break. Um, and he you know lays out a bunch of ways of trying to address those uh, those habit changes. Um, but then you know really. I think from the start, uh, changing your identity. Um, and I talk to my patients about that a lot. Like you, you know, for 20, 30 years, you've identified as this really unhealthy person or this, you know, really overweight person. And I, I do think this book could help somebody that's in that six to nine month mark. You've lost a good chunk of weight. You don't mm-hmm. really visualize yourself as a healthy person yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you don't develop habits that fit who you are. Right. You're still sure. you're still you're still identifying as an unhealthy person and all the habits that you create kind of feed into that uh, that identity. And so looking at how you identify and what you want, what you want your life to look like and then building the life around that to support that. Whereas so many of us are like, yeah, I want to be I want to be 8 percent body fat. <laughs> OK, uh, how does that just happen? Yeah. You know, does that just happen? Is there can I buy that I on wish. Amazon? Oh, you know? man. Um, 
So, you know, what is, if you, if you, if you think you're going to do this, like what are the steps to kind of, kind of creating that pathway to get there? For sure. Yeah. Um, it's been a while since I read the beginning of the book. <laughs> I'm kind of like in the middle full to disclosure. the end. Yeah, full <laughs> disclosure. Uh, but if I'm not mistaken, in the beginning of the book, he talks about kind of what you're saying, Blue, like his journey on writing this book was more so like he was going through college and he realized I have like really crappy habits. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just he kind of started looking into the science of things and like how that changes and then how it, you know, relates to other aspects of life too. So I think a lot of what we hear from our patients is, um, this is really hard, you know, like when we tell them to do certain things, like you got to do different grocery shopping and meals and exercise. And it's like, that may be something you've literally never done before. So maybe let's start off with what are kind of the, the tips and tricks that he gives us on creating these new habits and maybe breaking old ones. Perfect. So I want to just one, one little comment before I jump in is I think all of our patients, I want them to hear this is a lot of times we give this tool of surgery uh, to you, but it is all about a tool to allow you to reset where you are. And from that point, it's the habits going forward that really define, I think, your success. And so, you know, really changing how you're eating, uh, getting more active, um, and then managing stress, getting good sleep, and how do I lay down um, a new identity and and change everything about me to be healthy? Sure. And yeah. that doesn't happen easily. Right. It's hard. It's hard. <laughs> and it takes a long time, right? Yeah. And it's and maybe you never really fully get there. It's always a journey. Right. It's a journey. You never right. really end. The the one quote I took away, and luckily this Atomic Habits cheat sheet that I brought up because I didn't. The book is. <laughs> I got the notebook. I mean, it's hard to remember everything in it, but there's a, <laughs> I brought up a sheet here that kind of go, but one of the, one of the quotes in there that I did underline when I was reading that this is a continuous process. Mm-hmm. There is no finish line. Yeah. Small habits don't add up. They compound, make habits enjoyable, fall in love with boredom. Mm-hmm. And especially that fall in love with boredom, mm-hmm. like that's a, such a problem in so, so, you know society now. Like uh, we, my wife and I have to go to great lengths to allow our kids to be <laughs> bored and encourage them to just be bored. Right. You know, like it, I, like I feel like I haven't achieved anything on the weekend if I don't hear it once, dad, I'm bored. <laughs> like, okay, we can, we can move on now. You're, you're bored. <laughs> Perfect. Um, but yeah, so, uh, on your sheet there, uh, yeah, you, you open to that sheet, so I assume there's something poignant that you yeah, want to point out. I'm just going to go through. So I think one of the things that a takeaway, like in Chapter 1, we'll just kind of go through this systematically. Um, goals may identify the results you want, but systems are what get you there. And I think I'm a system-based thinker, and I love creating a systems-based approach. So, for example, what he said, all right, we're going to come up with goals, but more importantly, I want you to come up with the identity of who you want to be. So, for example, I want to be a healthy person. Now, how can I build a system to get me to that point? And, for example, that system is every morning I'm going to get up, and I usually, this is this is my system, I have a quiet time, which allows distress relief. <laughs> um, spend time with the Lord. Then number two is breakfast i've got i've got an idea of what i'm going to do every morning it's not just 
fly by the seat of my pants. Mm-hmm. And I build that into my, my morning. I give myself time to cook. Um, I do push-ups. That's, you know, five days a week, Monday through Friday. I have a, a system and a routine I go through. Next time and you so guys see Dr. Blue, check out his triceps. <laughs> they are the most impressive. 100 push-ups yeah. in, in one sitting. Yeah, there nice. We go. Uh, so it's all about creating this system. And um, I know that it doesn't happen all these good habits don't happen all at once. It's always mm-hmm. starting off okay. For example, when I go to the push-ups, I started off doing, I think, five or ten push-ups. And now I've built up to a routine. And I think the problem is, is and this goes into the book, is you got to start somewhere. So if it's one push-up, but start right. creating a habit and doing it you know, over and over and over. And then before you know it, you've, you've, you're doing 20 push-ups and you're seeing the, the benefits of that. Definitely. Yeah, and his like his analogy in that was I think it was the Italian cyclist team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, you know, Italians pretty you know year in year out are known to be great cyclists, but they found themselves in about an eight year drought. Mm. No Tour de France, no you know no World Championships, no Olympic Championships, and they had brought in a, a new manager, and he was like, we're go- we're just going to change everything. Well, then they were just they were worse the next year. So then they brought a guy in that. Which is like, hey, we just kind of we want to get one percent better every day, you know. And they started looking at metrics and changing, you know, small little changes throughout their preparation day. That on out, you know, when they were looking at output like wattage and 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 things, you know, in performance based goals, he was like, hey, I, we we don't need to revolutionize our process. We just need to get one percent better every day. Mm-hmm. And then you know, three years later, they're on top of the the cycling world again. And I think that's all. That's hard for all of us. Like, um, you know, you, you, you come up with this goal and you're like, well, I want it tomorrow. Yep. Right. And that was another one of his big, you know, his big quotes, forget about goals, focus on your systems. Um, and you know, habits are the path to change your identity. Um, and you know, that's it, just not, it's not how most of us approach it specifically when it comes to losing weight. Mm-hmm. Like I have that goal weight in my mind and I can write that down I can look at it and I can but until I start developing those small little changes, you're you're never going to get to that that goal. Right. And then you kind of set yourself up for that like mental uh, letdown, right? Oh, I again didn't meet my goal. So then you start, you're in your head, it's that negative self-talk and you think, I can't do it. I don't have the willpower when really it's that it is. It's that one percent better every single day. Yeah. And over time, you've gotten a long ways. Yeah. Yeah, that boredom, that monotony, mm-hmm. but you just, you keep going. You keep yeah. going. For sure. Be comfortable with boredom. Be comfortable <laughs> with boredom. Okay, what's next? Wow. Um, so I'm kind of, I don't want to. It's a lot of sheets to look through. Yes, what are you there's a lot of sheets. <laughs> um, this one's hard to structure because I'm trying to use a good analogy. He's basically saying, say you have a a goal you want to accomplish and it's a hard goal and there's pain along the way, but how can you put a, attach it to, for example, I'm going to use, you want to start doing pushups, but there's some pain and sacrifice, but how can I also put another goal along beside it to motivate me? Mm -hmm. Okay. Now this is where it gets tricky when the, 
in the health and wellness world because a lot of our goals was well maybe I could go get something yeah, to eat after this <laughs> and kind of so what we do with our kids right so that's a tricky <laughs> one and um, I think do y'all have any good examples for that one uh, yeah uh, you, you call it, you, are you referring to like the stacking habits stacking uh, habits uh, well I can give you a personal testimony that I'm currently going through um, so blue, blue knows that I developed a slight nicotine addiction over the past two years. Uh, started out, started off as a health and wellness push. A lot of the the biohackers and health and wellness gurus were talking about low dose nicotine and prevention of COVID. Yeah, which not, is a true not, reality. Not routine, like yeah. high level use of nicotine, but <laughs> just low dose uh, baseline daily use of nicotine. I'm talking like less than five milligrams a day, which you know, the average cigarette's like what, 20, 25, 30? Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, anyways, and I've never had an addictive personality. Like, that's never been anything, a challenge for me. And lo and behold, if I did not find myself addicted to this stuff. Mm-hmm. So currently, my process to quit is, well, you just got to do 10 push-ups prior uh, to doing that. Wow. That's good. Uh, so therefore, I I say think, bump it up to 100 and it'll really help. <laughs> it'll well, be yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, really, but it's a challenge, though, because like, I'm like, all right, well, I'm not in a place where I can do 10 push-ups. Okay, well, can't can't do it. Or, hey, I don't have Ooh. time for 10 push-ups. Or I would look really goofy doing 10 push-ups in front of my friends. <laughs> so it's, uh, you know, it's it's taking a bad habit. Yeah. And that's what he was referring to as like yes. stacking a habit. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. all right, you've got a bad habit you want to get rid of, but you have a good habit that you want to develop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, sometimes you can just buddy those things up. No, that's, yeah. a, that's a great yeah. example. And I think for food, you know, if, for example, we have an addiction to sugar, how can we break that? And anytime that we want to have that treat, guess what we need to go do a little working out yeah <laughs> you know another good one that i sometimes tell patients about too uh you know people get into that habit after they eat dinner it's like what do you immediately do you go sit on the couch you watch your show and usually you grab something to go with it a bag of popcorn bag of chips something like that and i always encourage glass of wine <laughs> a cigarette i don't know two, two drinks or five right <laughs> exactly um and so encouraging people okay and this is kind of habit stacking uh, as soon as i'm finished with dinner I am going to do X you know so okay we finished dinner we're going to do the dishes or we're going to immediately walk outside that way you're you're breaking that habit of immediately going to the couch with the chips um, but you're creating a new healthy habit of I don't know maybe keeping your house clean or going on a little walk go a little exercise but I want to say this I and I, I know patients appreciate this is sharing our personal struggles mm-hmm. that's that uh, I applaud you. Oh, thanks. Yeah. yeah because was... all of us, we have we have struggles, and it's how being able to share those personally, I think, really makes all of us relatable. True. We all struggle. Yep. One thing or another. <laughs> um, what about, I know one of the bigger things in the book was, you know, kind of how to break bad habits. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some thoughts you guys have on that? Well, I have the cheat sheet pulled up here. Uh, <laughs> So, you know, I think before that, you have to go into what he explained, the habit loop. So the four laws of behavior change. Uh, the, first, the first thing is cue. You, something mm-hmm. triggers you to uh, want to do that habit. Uh, and then, then, after you, you, then you crave the habit. Like, well, I, well I've got it. I've got to do this. Mm-hmm. Response, like I'm doing the habit. And then that delivers some type of reward. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are kind of the four stages of making or breaking a habit. I have to think about the cue. I got to think about what I think about when I see that cue. 
how do I respond to that cue? And then what is the reward if I act on this? Um, so I think the kind of the first step is is kind of sitting down and just being honest with you about your good and bad habits. Mm-hmm. Like, what do I really do well? What do I really do bad? Because if if your habit is that, that you want to change is, well, I don't, I'm not going to eat junk food. All right, well, that's pretty difficult. Mm-hmm. I mean, so let's let's identify when are you cued. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what do you see that yeah. makes you, or what what situation are you in? How do you respond to that situation? What do you go grab? Mm-hmm. You know, things of that nature. So. Oh, uh, so one story told that just in this book that really hit home was heroin addiction. Mm. So in America, uh, for patients that undergo rehab after a heroin addiction, I think it's 90% of them return to their heroin addiction. But then in the Vietnam War, when there there was a huge addiction um, in the veterans in the Vietnam War, because that was available over there, and they took the veterans that came back, the addiction rate was, I think, less than 30%. And so the the point was, it's all about returning to those cues Mm -hmm. in our life. So, you know, if you're in the United States, you have a heroin addiction, you go to rehab, you come back to the same environment, you're driving down the street, you see that person that, that, that it just, it triggers something. And so just like, I'll, I'll use my example. If I go eat pizza, Okay, my habit is I drink a Dr Pepper, and and so it's it's two horrible habits together. But that's a cue to me that, mm-hmm. and so it's I can't be in that environment. So if I eat pizza, it's going to trigger worse behavior. I, yeah, I just think of Days of Thunder at that point. Just just go hit the pace car. It's I mean, <laughs> there better be our, some good it's pizza. It's bad, so why not, why not throw the beer? Why not throw the Dr Pepper in? There? I know. I thought he was going to uh, say beer, but yeah. <laughs> we went Dr Pepper. Then I'd be real bloated. <laughs> <laughs> that one's not quite worth it. Yeah. Just the sugar high. You know, I, I can act, honestly say. I mean, now that I think about when I changed my eating habits, um, I really uh, got kind of cued in on how my body felt after certain foods Mm -hmm. and how my energy level was and bloating, irritable bowel, like constipation, diarrhea. Like I really kind of use that to like form my, my, my positive eating habits. Cause you know, you like, I, if I go eat this, well, I'm going to be paralytic in two hours. Like Mm -hmm. I, I I will not function appropriately. I can't think my brain's foggy. Okay. I'm going to eliminate that. I'm going to try this. All right. I eat that. And I felt really good. It mm-hmm. didn't suck the energy out of me. I didn't have bloating. I didn't have water retention. I was able to stay awake, you know, to play with my kids. And so I actually used those, that response uh, from the foods that I was choosing to eat to, to try to change my eating habits. You, you, I mean, I don't know if you went through the same thing. Like, um, my, my biggest thing was like, you know, I'd eat a sandwich for lunch at work and at three o'clock, I, I mean, there was no, I was worthless. No, it this. Just, this weekend, that happened to me. I um, ate really good on Friday night. We ate some, um, I think, some steak and some vegetables. And then on Saturday, some friends had us over, and they had Hawaiian, you know, the Hawaiian bread? Oh, those little sandwiches? Oh, with King, sliders? King's, yeah, King's bread. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and all Saturday and Sunday evening, I was bloated. I felt miserable. And um, like you said, once you feel good, 
then when you start feeling you eat bad, you it drives a point home that something's wrong here. Yeah, Definitely. I think the the one challenge with um, changing how you eat is there's just some other stuff that you got to deal with. Um, for example, like when I went through ketosis, um, those those first couple of weeks kind of aren't fun. <laughs> uh, I mean, you got some GI disturbance, you got some you got some other things going on, and and that was uh, I, I'm I was coming from a background where I was eating some 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 processed carbohydrates, some bad stuff, but I wasn't like overdoing it. So it didn't take me long to kind of get through it. But when people go through things like that, some dietary changes, and there's some real negative feedback, whether it's like zero energy, whether it's, uh, you know, whatever it may be. Um, so I think without having some kind of background like this or some kind of research into the process and what to expect, I think it's really difficult to maintain those changes. Yeah. So one thing and a question for you, Chelsea, on do you recommend like if patients struggle with sweets do you recommend them go through their pantry and the house and clean it all out because with me if it's around i'm gonna eat it right that's my cue yeah if my girls make chocolate chip cookies at night <laughs> i don't i can't resist it yeah i mean i don't have a strong enough willpower and so right. that's my cue yeah. So I think this is kind of where it's individualized. I recommend one of two ways, and it depends on the person, honestly. Uh, the type of person who really cannot resist, um, yeah, you got to get rid of it. And maybe not forever. For a lot of people, it's getting rid of it for a time. Mm -hmm. And again, I think it kind of comes back to habits where you've now kind of broken the habit of like, oh, yeah, I'm going to eat that if it's available. Um, but for other people, what that does, it's kind of like, um, you know, you can't have the cookie in the cookie jar, and then all of a sudden, the only thing Thing you want is the cookie in the cookie jar. Um, so for some people, by just never having it there, it actually creates this kind of mental response where it's all you're thinking about. It's obsessive. It's not healthy. Yeah. Um, so I think that's kind of the other, the other, uh, I guess, approach is you may have to have it, but in certain quantities ever so often. Um, and so kind of depends on the person, I think is, is really my answer for that. But those are usually the two ways that I address that. You either completely get rid of it or it's a, a metered kind of thing. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that, that would be go back to the, the environment, the environmental mm -hmm. design. Like if I'm struggling with this, do I need to take it out of my environment? Mm -hmm. Do I need to change my environment? Um, and those are the, the four things you talked about. Uh, so to dive deeper into the book, number one was make it obvious which was make a list of your daily habits. Like we said earlier, mm -hmm. be honest with yourself. What am I good? What are my bad habits? Uh, habit stacking, identify habits that you're already doing that you could associate a different good habit with, mm -hmm. uh, and then environmental design. So that's part of the cue and then the craving, right? So if you're going to change something, uh, you got to make it attractive. I, 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 when I, when I read this one, I thought about Arnold Schwarzenegger when, uh, they were pushing. He was the Republican governor of California. <laughs> I know where you're going with this. They one. were like, uh, you know, I've uh, heard this. Uh, Arnold, uh, you, how do we get more Californians to drive electric cars? And he goes, well, first of all, they can't be ugly. You, know, like, <laughs> you got to make it sexy. Yeah, you have to make it sexy. <laughs> um, and you know, to be, you know, Elon kind of listened. You That's know, true, uh, yeah. tried to make it a better looking car that you didn't mind being. I mean, when they were making like just efficient cars, like remember what was the car we had for the clinic to drive around for a while? Uh, yes. Oh, I'm blanking. Prius. A Prius. Prius. Yeah. Yeah. I drove it a couple of times. I was like, I don't want anybody to see me in this thing. <laughs> like, uh, 
things. But you know, if you <laughs> make it a really efficient like truck, you're like, yeah, I don't mind driving this thing. It's fine. <laughs> um, so you know, make it you know, uh, make it attractive. And so under make it attractive, uh, temptation bundling, which mm. I don't quite remember that one. Temptation bundling. No, we're going uh, into the details. I'm gonna have to go back. Yeah, you guys might just have to get the book for that one. <laughs> okay. So this this actually refers back to what Chelsea was saying. This is like uh, a, 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 attach your craving for Netflix with your craving to go for a run mm. or for a walk. So I'm already kind of addicted to Netflix. It's a bad habit, mm -hmm. but for me to get that bad habit, so it's kind of the same thing as habit stacking. Sure. Um, and then uh, and then the next one is we imitate. So that's kind of going back to minding your environment. This is where kind of, I think where CrossFit really uh, succeeds. Mm -hmm. And, and I've, I've told Blue this, I've, I've been around probably two of the fittest people in the world, uh, in Rich Froning, uh, what, eight time CrossFit champion, then Bing Greenfield, which was, you know, health coach champion, like 10 years running. And I asked them both, uh, what was the most important thing about living a healthy lifestyle? And both of their responses were your community, <laughs> who you surround yourself with, who do you hang out with, who do you yeah. bounce questions off of, who do you talk about health and wellness with? And if you don't have that person, you don't have those five or six people, you're probably not gonna, gonna do well long-term. Jump in. Uh, yeah, I wanna jump in. That I, I would say that's a big deal, who we hang out with. Um, you know back in junior high, it affected whether or not we got in trouble or not. Uh, and then fast forward to now day-to-day -day life. Um, if you're going out with friends that eat healthy, you tend to choose better foods when you order. Mm -hmm. um, same thing, activities. Um, and so I can't overemphasize that. And, and that's a hard one. For sure. Finding like-minded people. Correct. Yeah. Well, yeah. my workout partner's tremendously more fit than me and tremendously more, act, you know, oh, athletic. Shelby? No, I'm just uh, kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shelby, yeah, for sure. Uh, but Alan Bean. Uh, He's talking about me. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> I was trying to give Shelby a compliment. <laughs> but but I, like, honestly, we work out. I'm motivated to hit that workout, to, yeah. to do that, because obviously he's doing, I mean, he, you know, whatever he's doing is working. So let me in on that. I want to know about mm -hmm. that. What are you yeah. doing, you know? All right. Do you have anything else on that one? No. I think it's just, again, look for friends that have similar goals. And, and I think and on this, for example, when we all our patients, um, when they go on this journey, having their family on board, their spouse on board, the best you can, having your kids on board, because having that like-minded environment at home is going to make you more successful. Yeah. Um, I think we've talked about this on our podcast, but you know, Lacey and I, when we're both striving to eat healthy, it's easier. Our kids are on board, but one of us gets off track and then, uh, it goes downhill. Yeah. And it just makes it more difficult whenever the whole family's not on board. Cause then all of a sudden you're maybe grocery shopping two different ways or you know, the one person is bringing in the foods that the other person doesn't want to eat and you're having to cook two different meals and it's, and you quickly diverge in your pads. I can't take my kids to the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> they bring all kind of junk back well, to that, the, that the every, shopping every cart. Every time I get my kids to the grocery store, I like, it makes me so mad. But, and I think this is so, so illegal and should not be allowed, but what's, when you check out, what oh, is yeah. that? Oh yeah. All the candy oh, yeah. there, the all chips. The junk. Yeah. You know? yeah. And all this, 
you know, the, yeah. the gossip magazines, like stuff you yeah. can't say no to, right? Yeah. And so, like, literally, I've done pretty good. I've kept their attention. We, we, they haven't put anything into the, and then we go check out. Yeah. <laughs> and it's on purpose. It's on, yeah. We man. know it. And I, then I, the, the litany of no's start. No, mm-hmm. no, no. I mean, you feel like I'm, you feel like My I'm. daughter asked for the uh, dog magazine yesterday. <laughs> I almost said yes, but I still said no. Yeah. I just feel like that answer of no at the checkout is just always the best. It's automatic. <laughs> yeah. Create that habit. <laughs> All right. So summary of creating good habits. Uh, make it obvious. Make it attractive. Make it easy. And then make it satisfying. Yeah. Well, I, I, one more per- personal testimony. When COVID hit, I was, I was in Cross. I was doing CrossFit. COVID hit, the gym shut down. Uh, and I'd say the only negative influence COVID's had on my life, outside of some of the supply chain issues, is I can no longer wake up at 4.30 anymore. <laughs> and that, to, for, for me to make it to the CrossFit gym, I was waking up at 4.30, hitting the 5 o'clock workout, so I could be home at 6, see the kids, be at work at 7. I was probably more on time to work when I was working out <laughs> at the gym. Can you confirm this? Late now, but, um, so, but then fast forward like three months after that, like, all right, I was kind of waiting for the gym to bang. It's not open. Now I haven't done anything in three months. Yeah. This happened to everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so getting back into that routine was very difficult for me. And I, I hadn't read this book at this point, but I, I did pretty much what he uh, two things that he talks about. Number one, the two minute rule, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, which says when you're starting to, uh, a new habit, it should not take the. It should not take more than two minutes. That's why you do ten push-ups. Yeah. There so whatever it is, like if you go, I'm going to start going to the gym. People do this all the time. Our patients do this all the time. Oh, I'm going to yeah. go to the gym. Hour it's seven day. days a week for two hours. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, that that's not going. That's not going to work. That's Miserable. not going to last. And so I really had a hard time. So mm-hmm. first, I put my shoes out and went to the garage. Put my shoes on, went out to the garage, and actually didn't work out. I just cleaned the garage. <laughs> Uh, and good. then, you know, I kind of got in that routine, just going out there. And then, then it was like, all right, then I'm, I'm going to do two minutes of kettlebell swings, uh, because I just wasn't mentally there. I wasn't engaged. I, you know, I didn't, uh, but I built that habit. Like I, I would put my shoes on and, and still some days I put my shoes on and I don't, I actually don't go out there, but I put my shoes on. Mm-hmm. Right. So that I've, I have that ability. My shoes are on. I can go work out, uh, in the garage. Uh, but that led to where I'm at now. So I've built back to, you know, three or four days a week of getting out there. And even when I don't go work out, I'm out there stretching or organizing or cleaning the garage hmm. at, you know, six o'clock in the morning. And that when everybody cleans their garage. <laughs> um, nope. So and then the I think this is another big thing because I, I feel like so many people fall victim to this repetition, not perfection. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to throw my wife under the bus here. Like she, I took her golfing one time. <laughs> Never swung a golf club, never had even thought about golf. Swings at one ball, hits it, which I was pretty impressed. Nice, yeah. The, you know, by there, it hits it, kind of slices it. I'm horrible at this. I'll never be good. Like, well, you just swung the golf club once, like. Uh, but so many people approach like these things. I'm going to add, like, well, I'm going to start. Uh, I'm going to run a 5K. Uh, well, you run that first day and you make it like literally 200 yards, mm-hmm. and you're about to lose a lung. Well, I, I'm just not a, I'm not a runner. Like, I'm just never yeah. going to do this, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and I think it's the same way with cooking. Like, all right, I'm going to cook at home. Like, yeah. you have this big thing, like, and you, you get this cookbook, and it's so intimidating because there's, like, seven hours of prep, and then you find yourself, like, well, I'm just not going to do that. But um, 
you know, at first you don't have to master anything. You no. don't have to be an efficient runner. You don't have to be a great cook. You don't have to be any of this stuff. But so commonly it defeats our 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 uh, our uh, possibilities of changing because we're just you know we're and I, it's just weight loss in general. You like you lose that that first twenty pounds, you hit the wall. Well, I'm just never meant to be perfect, so mm-hmm. it's not. I'm just going to quit. Yeah. Yeah. You know? No, I Chelsea, do you, do you need to leave? Yeah, but okay. but I really like what you're saying. <laughs> okay, all right. All right so, so whoever was in clinic on Monday, eight twenty nine at two o'clock, o'clock. We I apologize so for being five minutes that, late. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, but um, I think you're exactly right. Like getting in the repetition, it's it, again, it's the journey. It's not the perfection. So it's not necessarily that end point of I'm doing this so perfectly all the time. But I'm working my way to getting there, and just keep repeating. You keep putting your shoes on. Yeah, and so Blue, Blue and I read a book. Uh, we had a book club. What was it? The How to Change? Was that the name yeah, of the book? Yeah. Uh, the Process of Changing or How to Change or something of that nature. And I think there was uh, kind of a couple things. And this was a process of change related to spirituality. Correct. Specifically to Christianity. Mm-hmm. So what's, the one ten, what is, what's one of the biggest tenets of Christianity? I mean, not to Grace. be a Christian uh, uh, because that's accepting Jesus, but what's one of the biggest... It's basically Grace, realizing forgiveness. You're, you're not perfect, yeah, right? You're, we're, we're all broken. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people that, that are in an unhealthy state, they, uh, they look at healthy people and think, oh, they're, well, they're genetically gifted or they're this like, no, no, like I, 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 I feel like I do pretty good, but I, I feel like I really suck mm-hmm. at a lot of health and wellness stuff. You know, there's, I, there's so many changes I can make, but I just can't, I can't get there. Um, so, you know, recognizing like, Hey, you don't, like you do not have to be perfect and you're never going to be perfect. Never going to happen. Um, and I think once you accept that and say, Hey, this, is the, this was a 1% better a day type thing. Yeah, one foot in front of the other. And, um, not being thrown off by those kind of immediate setbacks. Yeah. Not giving up. Yep. Well, Chelsea. Thanks for having me. Thanks for hosting. You're welcome. No problem. We'll finish up without. <laughs> okay, you, yeah, yeah, y'all make sure to hit that last point. <laughs> okay. 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 Perfect. No, uh, I, I do. I do want to mention one thing. Going back, Bo, is um, for example, when I get up late in the morning, say it's my workout morning, and I usually have a regimen of you know seventy push-ups, and then I do some stretching. Wait, wait, and wait then you said hundred. I, I and then I do another forty no, or fifty so, push-ups, so and I, yeah. Um, your, your math is horrible. So, but if I wake up late or I've got a meeting earlier than expected, then I just cut my workout to 30 pushups, but I stay, I'm doing something. I don't not do something that morning. And so going back to the point of that two minute rule, um, if you can't do your whole workout, do something to keep the routine going. Yeah, that was uh, the, the Tim Ferriss, uh, General McChrystal uh, interview where, you know, you're in theater, war's going on. Uh, how do you stay sane? He's like, I make my bed yeah. before I leave, which triggers him to do 10 push-ups because he associated making his bed with push-ups. So he gets up, makes his bed, does 10 push-ups, and then whatever else comes on that day, he can look back on it and say, I did 10 push-ups. Yeah. You know, what'd you do today? I did, I did 10 push-ups, you know? Um, I think another the next point in the ma- the make it easy the response phase is reduce friction, and talk to people about how you set your morning up to get those pushups done, to get that uh, that yeah. that mental space that quiet time that Bible study, 
Um, what do you do to prepare and make that doable and successful? Yeah, you have to have all the barriers as low as they can be. And so, um, let me think of, I'm trying to think of like, I just have it where, you know, my alarm's set at 515. Uh, everything's so automatic that there's nothing that I'm having to think about. Does that make sense? No, I get it. Um, it's not work necessarily. It's become so ingrained in my day that it's just part of my day. I'll give you my, my one life hack to that. I, uh, I, I converted my sleepy time clothes into my workout clothes. Uh, so you're ready uh, to go. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Viore makes these shorts with, uh, that are workout shorts, but they're, they're comfortable enough to sleep in. So I actually sleep in my workout shorts. So I wake up in the morning, my shoes are at the, at the back door. All I, all I have to do is put on a shirt and that's even optional most of the year in Amarillo, right? So like the barrier to go do it is really low. Uh, and then we got a dog and it changes it up a little bit, but I'm, we're, I'm back to that, that habit now. Like I just, I sleep in my shorts. I'm going to work out in, I put a shirt on, uh, feed the dog, let the cat out, pet the cat make coffee. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, but you know, you gotta, you, you do have to, is that like, Frankie the cat, Frankie, the cat, there's been a lot of stories yeah. about Frankie this week. <laughs> Frankie's got a good habit of killing doves. Um, this but, is, this is how it happens in the OR. We go completely off on a tangent talking about things that, yeah, well, the yeah. cat's easy to talk about. Um, another thing, uh, I, I find this, uh, Oh, I apologize. I think I told everybody else to silence their phones, but not mine. Um, we'll try to cut that out or maybe it's entertaining enough to leave it, uh, to automate, uh, what mm -hmm. all, all the things that there are certain things in your life that disrupt and get you thrown off that you could actually find very easy ways of taking care of it that would then free you up time to be more productive in this habit formation. Mm -hmm. Is there any evidence of that in your life? Um, I'm trying to think of an example. Um, I'm, I'm kind of too, uh, and make sure I'm clear clear on this. This is more making things automatic, not Either. automated. Yeah. But like, for example, you know, when you're brushing your teeth, you don't have to think about that. That's so routine. Yeah. Um, well, here's an example. Um, how much time does the average American spend on social media? Oh, I think it's almost up to three hours now. Yeah. A, a day. day. That's crazy. So I've been challenging myself instead of doing that. I've been reading. Okay. And you talk about, you get a lot of books so, read. So that's a, that's a, that's a habit stack. Like, Hey, I have this social media kind of addiction, but before I can do that, I got to read five chapters yeah. or something like that. Or so, five pages, just five pages. Yeah. So one thing, uh, and I think it's along this lines. So when I feel like I'm getting uh, too much into that, that time space, I just, I actually move the app on my phone. Like if it's, say if it's Instagram and it's on page two, two swipes, two, two, two apps down, click on it. Your brain doesn't even think about it. So when I find myself, I actually move it to a different page. So then you swipe, swipe, and you go to push where it was and you're like, oh, I'm not supposed to be doing that. And so simple things like that, or uh, making your, you know, you can set your iPhone or your smartphone to actually log you out of everything when you exit the app. 
That way you literally have to put the password in like every Run time up, you go like to Facebook. You put a barrier Facebook. up. Yeah. And so immediately like, oh, man, I wanted to look at it, but I really don't want to put my password in. Yeah. I'm not doing it. So you can do little little automatic things like that uh, to even Netflix. And another one he, he's, he said is like, if you literally have a TV issue, like I, you find yourself watching three hours of TV <laughs> a day, like literally <laughs> unplug your TV uh, or number one, hide your remote. Number two, unplug your TV. So where you have to unplug it, you have to plug it back in every time you want to watch it. And if you really suck at it, like make it to where you have to go get your TV out of the closet every time you want to watch it. Yeah. Uh, so you kind of build this, uh, this, you make know, it hard, make it harder. For, yeah. And you know, he says, make your good habits easy and reduce the friction but add friction to your bad habits. Like yeah. make it like with my nicotine, like, well, I mean, I gotta do, I gotta do some push-ups. I don't really know if I want it. <laughs> I don't really know if I want it that bad. You know? We need to do a follow-up on how this is going next podcast. I've, I've already improved, Good. you know, like if you were going breaking out of percentages, I'm like 75% reduced. So. <laughs> um, one thing I was going to comment on, and this is just, just when I go off social media for a few, few days, my stress level goes so down. It goes so much lower. Yeah, just be present. Oh, talk to the kids, talk be, to the exactly. Wife, you know? And you're just not seeing all the negative stuff out there. And so that affects our lives. Yeah, for sure. Oh, 100%. Um, I'll plug it. Uh, so this Thursday at uh, Redeemer Christian Church over on Sauncy, there, Thursday, 7 o'clock, there is going to be a lecture. And I am blanking on the name, and I apologize. But it's the church's um, role in handling, or what role, if there is a role, in handling the division in America, whether it be political, whether it be ideology. And I do suspect a big contingent of that is going to be social media. Like, how, because of the echo chamber effect, I only follow people I agree with. Uh, they get me angry because they're barking about the other side and this and that. And, um, so, I mean, I, I, didn't, I don't know why that came up, but like that idea that social media and happiness and ability to, uh, to change things about your current situation, uh, that can, be, that can oh. be one of the biggest issues in people's lives. Oh, and I, I, we could do a podcast on this of just us all as a society being able to, I love this, the scripture, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. If we'll just start listening to each other and... Um, and you learn so much about each other and you really find that you have more in common than you think, even with people you disagree with. Yeah. yeah. All right, we're really going we diverged. now. Yeah, 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 <laughs> we diverged. Uh, so the last stage is, that, is catering that reward. Uh, so um, like we said, for the reward, your good habits, you need to make it satisfying. Mm -hmm. Your bad habits, it needs to be obnoxious, you mm -hmm. know? Um, so uh, one thing I think we all struggle with is, is delayed satisfaction, delayed gratification versus immediate satisfaction. Uh, and whichever one you gravitate towards, you have to, to kind of craft what you're doing to fit how you are. Like I, I'm more of a delayed uh, person. I can put in the work. I just want to see results down. But a lot of people are, hey, if I don't see results right now, it's never going to stick. Yeah. yeah. So you have to consider that. Um, he suggested a personal loyalty program. Like every time I do X, I put, you know, say I'm going to take a trip. Uh, I want to take a trip, but I can't take it till I have so much money. 
but I can only put money in this jar if I do this good habit, right? It's just, that's kind of kitschy. I kind of use it on my kids, you know? Hey, you want a trampoline? You better open a lemonade stand. <laughs> um, they made $40 this week. Yeah, 60, $63. Yeah. Uh, after dad took out the expenses for the startup of said business, <laughs> they were at $58. Hey, you got you to teach from the start. That's this right. This isn't free. You got to cover the overhead. Uh, and, you know, ice is expensive. So, uh, And then the other thing he threw out was like a habit tracker. Uh, yeah. Like building some way. Like for me, like when I, it, it does help me when I'm, when I'm trying to create a new habit. Big desktop calendar, Sharpie with X's. Mm-hmm. Like if I did it, put an X on that date. Mm-hmm. If you didn't, it's an open date. At the end of the month, you look back, how many X's you got? How well did you, how well did you do? Uh, that one helps me. Do you do something like that? So I do. So lately I've been doing, trying to establish a habit of walking after dinner. And so my habit tracker is my phone, iPhone. And basically I put walk at 7 p.m. every night. And every day, or I'm always going through my checklist every day. And once that comes up, it's that cue that I have. And I'm reminded to go walk after dinner. And before I know it, it takes takes about, I think it's, is it three weeks, 21 days to establish a habit? Um, that was not in the book. Okay. that's I've heard that statistic before. Um, so I just keep going until this, I'm about two weeks in right now. And it's becoming more of a routine. You've also driven down crime on our street. I have. I am the neighborhood watchman. I'll be that old man at 80. There goes Blue. Oh, He's okay. walking again. Can't wait to see Blue Sneer John <laughs> as the pres- president of a HOA somewhere. <laughs> sir, sir, your bike's on the grass. <laughs> sir. Um, well, good, man. What else you got? Any, uh, any what, what's the next book on the docket for you? Mm, I'm doing some, I'm kind of veered off uh, lately. I'm doing some more um, kind of farming stuff. Um, nutrition and its role in farming. That's a that's a book we could tackle. Um, I'll have to get the name that I, I just read it for uh, for the, for our, are there farming podcast. Yeah, for yeah, okay. Just health and wellness, mindful on where you get your food. And mindful. You didn't listen to our podcast on mindful eating, did you? Um, yeah, you, you got you got to listen to that one before on uh, before we. Uh, <laughs> dive into being mindful about farming practices. Did you leave me out on that podcast? Uh, it, yeah, uh, we did. <laughs> you were busy. You actually, you actually out of town. I think, if I remember right. Okay, yeah. I'll get. Uh, uh, I'm going to give you grace. Anytime you're here, I drag you in. Okay. Um, I, I told you I switched kind of complete gears. Went with some history. Uh, yeah. Splendor in the vial about Churchill, kind of taking over as the English Prime Minister. You know, after they were involved and. Uh, you know, fighting the Germans, the Germans, uh, the second round two uh, with the Germans. Uh, it's interesting. I didn't know. I didn't know the mentality of England at that time and their dependence on France on the front and when then Italy getting involved. I, 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 it's funny. Like you know something about history until you start reading and you realize you know nothing yeah. about history. So I think that's gonna be a quick read because I can't put it down. We will oh. not be reviewing that one on the podcast. <laughs> I am. Oh, I'm also reading. I mentioned this on the last podcast. Proteinaholic. Yes, um, you're having a hard time getting through that. Yeah, it's boring. Well, he's just Dr. Davis, also a bariatric surgeon. Garth Davis down in Houston um, is a pretty condescending dude. And that's coming from a guy that can be pretty condescending. So if I'm calling you condescending, yeah, that's that's pretty bad. And I think I think I think that goes back to all of us. Um, 
you know, even through COVID, this, um, this is a general statement, but we don't all, we don't know everything and being willing to, um, number one, like in your case, look at a different viewpoint that you may not agree with, but you're learning. And then two is all of us being humble about what we do and do not know. And don't, don't act like we know it all because I don't know about you. Do you know it all? Um, no. And every time I think I do, I get humbled. Yeah. We apologize for any noise you may be hearing. The window cleaner is coming <laughs> showed up. past our window here. Yeah. Uh, we'll be waving at us soon. We're on the fourth floor. so I guess we better wrap it up yeah, now. Wrap it up because this yeah. is where you're going to hear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, good. Well, thank you guys for listening in. Uh, we're going to post this on Facebook and Instagram on the support group and the regular page. Um, I would think I think our next episode needs to be an Ask Us Anything. That's great. Let's take some questions uh, so, off Facebook. Yeah, so I'll put it out on Facebook. Yeah. Do you want to categorize it? Uh, I've done the Ask Me Anything episodes before, and it tends to all gravitate towards uh, one specific element, which is usually weight regain after yeah. weight loss surgery. Uh, but I think Chelsea, you and Chelsea did a whole episode on... Yes, we did. Yeah. So, so what are you, you want to talk about? frame it around any specific aspect of health and wellness or surgery? I did get a suggestion the other day that we should actually talk about surgery on Let's do that. our uh, yeah. podcast. Okay. So you want to you want to talk about all the big surgeries out there, yeah. the expected outcomes, uh-huh. expected side effects. It'd be almost like, hey, if you listen to this podcast, you can sign off on the waiver. Like it's a little risk and benefits. Yeah. No, it won't be that detailed. No, but we will. We'll go off into uh, just generally what who we recommend what surgery to and um, maybe some predictors on on how much weight loss you may have things that nature um the good the bad and the ugly okay well good deal that's where we will be in the next episode anything else blue nope everyone have a good week let's wrap it up